0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus, age varies by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, let's start the insanity. <laughs>
1: Yes, indeed. 32 to 18. The Packers over the Rams. And the NFC Championship game is going through Green Bay. A special season continues with a really, really fun game here uh, tonight. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. This is uh, the APC podcast. We are two schlits to the wind here with our rapid recap podcast, The Final Whistle. Um actually it was about an hour ago. We're a little bit late today, but you know, it's uh it is what it is. I'm gonna raise a glass here. I got Buffalo Trace I'm gonna toast uh to my co-host for today across the country. It is Tex Western. How are you, man?
2: Cheers. I am I am feeling great. Um really excited for Aaron Rodgers to finally get to play an NFC championship game at home. Oof. So that's that's super exciting. And um I'm I'm choosing to uh, celebrate with an Alberta premium cask strength rye whiskey. So uh, keep, an, keep an eye out for that one if the, you see that on the, the show. The
1: good stuff. Look like, at like this oh. little fancy little dram glass you got here.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. That's a little tasting glass from uh, from one of the distillery tours I did uh, about a year ago before COVID made that a non-possibility. So
1: you said you were double fisting. What else is on your table there?
2: <laughs> so I, I went and I uh, I had to stock up on some Wisconsin beer today because I was just about out. So I have a oatmeal cream IPA from Untitled Art Brewing in Wanakee. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's 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 all Wisconsin or with the Alberta frozen tundra in you know a little different fashion.
1: I don't normally go all out with uh, drinks and snacks and stuff. I, I usually have like a pretty zen football watching uh situation but uh this being the season that it is the year that it is and and has been and uh, the importance of this game my sister had sent me a, a wisconsin shaped cutting board serving board kind of thing and i thought i'd put oh, that to nice. you so i got some uh, some port wine cheese spread we got some brats i beer boiled them made a whole nice little spread i even picked up a little bit of beer and uh had our we had ourselves a little uh a little snack-a-thon and and i think that we contributed to the game in a meaningful way
2: oh absolutely um you know it's <laughs> it's been a thing for me as long as i can really remember that uh when anytime the the badgers or packers are playing i've got to have a wisconsin brewed beer in some fashion uh in my hand at the at the ready
1: you don't make the rules you, you just follow them exactly Let's get into it, man. 32 to 18, the final score here. Um, I want to start with, uh, I think, the unheralded crew, um, the offensive line. Yes. Um, So, no Bakhtiari, of course. They bring in Jared Valdir, who promptly gets COVID, and he's not available. Uh, I think he had symptomatic COVID, so we don't even know if he'd be available next week, actually. So, um, we'll see about that. But all of that aside, no sacks allowed. Rodgers leaves this game with a clean jersey um, against the best defense in the league. A hell of an effort by the offensive line today.
2: Tremendous. And and doing that against a team that fields Aaron Donald. Um and even an Aaron Donald at maybe 60 or 70 percent is still better than probably, you know, 60 or 70 percent of defensive tackles in the NFL. And yeah. the fact that he basically was a non-factor, in fact, If anything, you know he probably hurt the the Rams in a couple of instances more than he helped them. Um, You know, taking a a stupid uh, personal foul penalty for going after Elton Jenkins after Jenkins ate his lunch and you know early in the first quarter. Um, Yeah, Jenkins controlled him all game. Um, The Packers had some tremendous success running the ball as well as protecting Aaron Rodgers. Um, and and yeah, they, they controlled the line of scrimmage pretty much throughout and that I think, you know, really, you know, there's so many storylines you could go to, but that absolutely is one of the big storylines of this game.
1: Yeah. And I thought the penalty was a great example of, um, proof of just how, uh, hurt Donald was because I, I, I thought it was indicative of a player coming in and say, let me rattle this young guy's cage and get him off of his game. Um, and all that ended up happening was a pretty impactful penalty.
2: Yeah. Cause I think that was after, it was after a failed third down, if I'm yep. not mistaken, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. um, extended that drive, it kept and,
1: the drive alive.
2: Yep. So, um, yeah, y- you can't say enough about Jenkins. You can't say enough about Corey Lindsley. Um, I did see an interesting quote from Lindsley after the game, basically saying that the Packers really used the Rams gap shooting tendencies against them in the running game. And, and they're, 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 their aggressiveness um, in terms of going with some inside zone runs more so than than the outside zone that the Packers usually love to do. And most of their big plays in the running game seemed like they were up the middle yep. um, on some of those inside zone plays. So kudos to, um, you know, whoever on the offensive coaching staff that uh, identified that as an area that they could attack.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that's an interesting angle. We can get a bit into that right now, actually. I mean, a storyline, coming into this game was LaFleur versus McFay, the battle of the brainy bros, we called it uh, during <laughs> during the week. And I just thought that Matt LaFleur had a great game plan. Uh, it was really clever. And um, a play that I think really really sums that up for me is the touchdown pass to Devontae Adams, where they use Adams in motion, they get Ramsey off balance, and then they sneak in that quick strike for the touchdown. Just brilliant stuff from LaFleur there.
2: It was beautiful. Um, we talked about it on our, our post-game live stream a little bit that it was very reminiscent of some of the plays that Alabama used in the national championship game on Monday night mm. against Ohio State uh, to get Devontae Smith uh, open you know, in the red zone and, and even um, kind of all over the field. But um, we, we've kind of figured that using motion was going to be a key against Jalen Ramsey to try to separate him from the Packers receivers a little bit and and Devonte Adams in particular and that play I think was the the best example of that in action um he I mean and and then he throws a tantrum afterwards too right because yeah you force a mistake by a young inexperienced player in Jordan Fuller, the Rams safety um, who seemed to kind of get caught up with Ramsey in the, in the secondary and didn't let him get back over to the other side of the field to go yeah. Adams the way he wanted to. Yeah. So tremendous game plan uh, from, from LaFleur, so much great stuff off of play action. Um, some, some real big plays in the passing game that way. And just the, the usual kind of chain moving plays on third downs, that that the Packers have become used to converting. I mean, geez, they converted eight of 12 third down opportunities in this game um, against the number one defense in the NFL. You, you can't ask for better than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ramsey was really pissed after uh, after he, that that touchdown play. And I, I to me it felt like uh like the trope of like when a supervillain knows they've been bested, they could see it in real time that they just got outsmarted <laughs> and that it was like maybe someone else's fault. I feel like it was
2: Skeletor screaming into the ether. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Curses, LaFleur. Well, you mentioned uh, as well, um, the the Packers taking advantage of the Rams, kind of shooting the gap. And I I thought that another example of of LaFleur's cleverness, the offensive uh, cleverness, was the way that they really mixed up using different running backs. I think they really kept the Rams defense guessing. There was a drive where, Uh, It was all runs, and I I feel like every running back got a a carry there. There was the very first Dylan carry of the game, and we're hoping for the best uh, for him uh, as he went out with what looked like a pretty serious injury. But that that first carry of his in the game, he's the only back there. You could just tell that the Rams defense got caught in a look where they're like, we are positive they are not running the ball. And it's exactly... (laughs) It was the exact yeah. opposite. And I felt like there were a couple instances of that as well.
2: Yeah, the, the three-headed running back attack. I mean, Matt LaFleur talked about that going way back to the combine this past year, this past February, about wanting to have three running backs that he could roll through in the postseason in Green Bay when the weather gets bad. And you finally started to see that in this game where it was the first time that they have really have had all three running backs healthy, um, available, and they, they used them all. Um, I mean, each one of those guys got at least six, uh, six carries in the game. Um, you saw several instances of the Packers using that, uh, that Bronco package with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield together in the shotgun, um, and, and Jones kind of motioning out, and, and it seems like they can do some really interesting different things uh, out of that alignment. And they, they complemented each other this time too. It it really felt like they used each running back to his strengths. You saw Jamal Williams come in for some short yardage plays, a couple of third and twos. I feel like we're in there that, that he was consistently picking up four or five yards on Um, Jones, obviously with the big play to start the second half and, and just using his tremendous balance to, to keep some plays alive um, and then using Dylan as a little bit of a hammer. It was, I think the, the platonic ideal of the Packers running game kind of rolled into one with all these guys being productive um, in in the ways that they are most effective individually.
1: Yeah. On the other side of the coin, what did you think about um, the other coach, Sean McVay and, and and the game that, that he got his team ready for, I was a little confused by some of those wildcat moments that they went to um, ultimately they did get a touchdown off of a wildcat play. Although, you know, that was, I believe it was Chris Barnes in there, uh, one-on-one with a mega man club. He was not going to make that stop. Um, <laughs> they did get the two point conversion. I felt like that was a clever play. I also at the, you know, in that situation have no zero faith in Mike Patton making, <laughs> making the call to make that stop. Um, but the wildcat stuff was weird. I don't know. What was your, uh, your overall feeling of, uh, what the, the, the cleverness of McVay in this game?
2: I think there were some really good aspects to his game plan. Um, The tempo that they used really seemed to trip up Mike Pettin a little bit in terms of the personnel groupings that he was using. Because on first down, uh, L.A. seemed like they'd come out in like a 12 package with two tight ends, and the Packers would line up in base to counter that. And then L.A. would go tempo, um, and then all of a sudden be in an empty package and have everybody split out, and the Packers had to figure out what the hell to do with a base defense defending against five wide. And that really seemed like it was given Penton problems. There were some weird zone blitzes. There was one point where he had both Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry both drop back into coverage on the same play Yeah, and got fortunate that, uh, that Goff only threw a short pass for about four yards or so on that play. But that really seemed to be the part where the Packers defense was struggling the most. And then all of a sudden, then they would throw in one of these wildcat snaps. And yeah. and it kind of, it almost seemed like they were outsmarting themselves and it was breaking up the rhythm of this offense that they had created that was that was being really effective. Yep. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was early on they were being, you know, they were having a lot of success targeting the middle of the field against the Packers zone, which teams tend to have a lot of success doing that when they commit to it. Um, and it kind of felt like they got away from that a little bit later on in the game. Um and they got back to more of the short passing um uh, some some receiver screens and things and and keeping things um to the sidelines and, and in, in the short to, to intermediate game. So I think there were things that, that LA did really well, but then I think they, they got away from those and that's when the Packers defense started to take over a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk more in depth about the, the Packers defense specifically in a second. One more thing that I wanted to hit on uh, on the Packers offense, uh, was a little, a new segment I'm calling Two Things I Was Right About, if I can gloat for, <laughs> for a moment here, because I said uh, on this show and on Twitter as well, um, that I thought that Adams would still impact this game, even if that just looked like 60 yards and a clutch touchdown, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and I also said on air, and and text uh, you and I back and forth uh, in the DMs, uh, look for a sneaky productive game from Alan Lazard. I guess I was only half right about that. Cause this was a really productive game from that guy. Four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown.
2: Yeah. Lazard was, and and he, I think he went had eight targets and one of those, he did have a, a brutal drop on yeah. what probably should have been a touchdown. Little alligator uh,
1: arms that, there.
2: Yeah. On that, that second drive of the third quarter. And it's, I don't know what it is about that third quarter, but, the execution just isn't crisp uh in some of those these drives coming out of halftime. And whether it was Rogers overthrowing MBS or or Lazard on that uh on that that blatant drop, but damn, did he make up for that with a tremendous catch on on his touchdown in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Um, that was a tough one because I mean that throw was a little bit out in front of him. Uh he really had to stretch out and and make a, a pretty significant extension for that football. And You know, he had taken that to the house to, to basically put the dagger in. And then, I mean, I think all of his other three catches went for first downs and at least a couple of them were third down conversions yet again. So yeah, shout out to, to the alien lizard for, for coming (laughs) up big and um, yeah, he's, he he is very much a a third down weapon and he has been, you know, the entire, you know, last basically season and a half uh, aside from that little stretch that he missed earlier this season.
1: Yeah. Well, you will transition out of the defense, but you mentioned uh, the 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 check your watch like clockwork third quarter slump from the the Packers offense. Likewise, on defense, (laughs) um, we got like this quasi prevent defense in the third quarter. The game was not in hand. And it's it's just it's another 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 game where the Packers give up less than 20 points. And yet I am left feeling so annoyed with Mike Patton. Am I crazy? (laughs) I feel like principal Skinner when he's like, no, it's the children who were wrong. Like, am am I wrong? I don't, I I, Patton Patton.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it seems so strange that this defense can be so good. I mean, in the fourth quarter, again, all of a sudden you look and it's a seven point game. You've given up a touchdown, the Packers punt. Now you you pinned L.A. deep a little bit inside. I think they're on 10-yard line. And all of a sudden, he's calling press coverage, and he's got his pass rushers getting home. And because in part because there's no room for Jared Goff to throw the football because there are no zones to throw the football into because you have corners who can play press coverage pretty well. And why you wouldn't do that in the third quarter, but you do it to start the fourth quarter is just mind boggling. <laughs> so I, I, to be honest with you, like around the the mid teens is what I expected from this team, from the Rams to, to put up. But I thought that it was going to be more because Jared Goff just wasn't playing well. And maybe there would be one weird turnover on offense that we weren't expecting that would give them, um, some good field position, but Goff, I thought, you know, played a a pretty decent game for the most part, Um, especially again, when the Packers were in zone, but as soon as they switched to press and and the pass rush got going and they started teeing off um, everything changed. And so that's, that's the secret for this team, right? Is if you can jump out to an early lead, um, get the opponents to be a little bit one dimensional, get them a little bit away from their running game, um, and let your pass rushers tee off. You saw what what the Smiths and Rashawn Gary could do, and, and Kenny Clark in in that fourth quarter when they were not worried about having to defend the run. Yeah. Um. They were they were making life a living hell for Jared Goff, and and it's just it is frustrating that it seems like Pett won't go to to that press man coverage uh, until late in the fourth quarter right. when. He really, he really needs the stop instead of just when it would be really nice to have a stop, you know? Uh. (laughs) Uh,
1: I was chatting uh, with our buddy, Justice Mosqueda. (laughs) He basically, you know, we, whenever, whenever Petten, Petten's, we, we (laughs) hit the DMs and just kind of like share a few messages back and forth and, or rather I bother him and he's nice enough to respond to me. Um, I don't
2: know anybody who is more anti-Mike Pettin than Justice.
1: <laughs> he basically, today, he basically said um, something along the lines of we that we're lucky that this defense is so talented that even a bozo like Pettin can't ruin it for him.
2: <laughs> no, th- that's that's a great point. Um, it, they mentioned this on the Reporting as Eligible podcast this week. They were talking a little bit, pa- Paul Noonan and Matub and those guys, were kind of talking about um, why is... The, the Rams defense better than the Packers because as far as pure player talent goes, they stack up really well against one another. Yeah. Okay. The Packers don't have it. Don't maybe have Aaron Donald, but nobody else has an Aaron Donald, but they've got Kenny Clark who's still damn good. Yeah. Um. They've, I would take the Packers group of edge rushers over the Rams. I think J- Jair Alexander and Jalen Ramsey match up really well. I think I'd take the Packers safeties like at every level of defense. I think the Packers talent is just as good, but the results are not. And I think that is absolutely an indictment on coaching or, or a significant signifies the difference in love, the level of coaching that, that those two units have. So yeah, I, I think, I think he's absolutely right that in this case, you know, the talent has started to shine through in the second half of the season and maybe some of that was the meeting that the guys had with Petten, you know, in like week 10 or 11 or so. Yeah. Um, I know, I know you and we've talked about it a little bit that, you know, simplify things and, and let us just do our jobs and don't make things too complicated because at that point, you know, the Packers have studs on that side of the football. Yep. I don't think you can make an argument with that. And um, when you let those guys just unleash the talent that they have, good things happen.
1: Yeah. I was mostly just uh, thrilled to have justice use Bozo as an insult. I'm a huge, it's actually in my Twitter bo- uh, bio that I'm a huge <laughs> proponent of Bozo as an insult. Need to bring that back. Need to use it more. <laughs> um, well, it is,
2: it, the New York Bozo is in the, uh, the pod intro. So
1: New York York Bozo. there it is. <laughs> it's on the board. Uh, you mentioned Jared Goff and, um, he was twenty one of twenty seven, one hundred and seventy four yards, uh, one touchdown, no interceptions. He was like pretty good. He was efficient, but he, he was, was better
2: than I thought he would be with a bad thumb in the cold. Yeah, so I'll give him. I'll give him that.
1: I agree. But even the stats that I just rattled off, and sort of the general taste in my mouth uh, with his performance at the end of the day, I'm I'm left thinking about comments that uh, that my partner made during the game, uh, seeing this person for the very first time. Seeing their 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 physical person, the way they look on camera, et cetera, and the way that they carry themselves. She called him Mr. Forgettable, which I feel like is like <laughs> that's hashtagable. She also said that he's basically a, a vanilla pocky stick. You know the pocky sticks? The like little oh, yeah. candy? Uh-huh. <laughs> he's the vanilla one. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I, I like that. That's pretty good. He's yeah. he's the quarterback that you can win with if you have a great team around him. Yeah. Um, He's also not the quarterback who will elevate a not great team. He's yep. not going to do. He's not going to pull a 2016 Aaron Rodgers and single handedly will a team to the NFC Championship when that team has no business being there because it's starting guys like Ladarius Gunter at quarterback. Yeah. So <sighs> sorry to bring that memory back, but no, hey, it's okay. It just reminds me of to... how
1: special this team is.
2: Exactly. Now we get to host an NFC Championship game instead.
1: Yeah. Uh, getting back to the defense, though, so the the Rams uh, used tempo, up tempo, uh, pace uh, for a couple different series uh, in, in this game, and it worked really well. Why do you think that that worked so well? What did that exploit in this Packers defense?
2: Yeah, I think the, I mean the 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 big thing was that lack of substitution. In yeah. That they got them in some some weird sub patterns, and 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 kept the Packers base defense on the field because obviously we we know that Mike Pettin loves to play light he loves to play with five and six defensive backs and i think that was a way for them to uh to maximize some of those matchups with um you know with three defensive linemen on the field in you know second and mediums that uh that normally you know the packers would be going to a sub package so i think that was probably the the biggest thing that i saw and and that might be something that you know teams teams down the line can exploit a little bit but i think the adjustment there has to be that if if it's going to be that much of a problem to be in base on second and third downs um then you just need to suck it up and i guess play your sub package on first down and if they pick up 8 or 9 yards on first down on the uh, with a run you kind of have to be be okay with it. Yeah. And, and that's sort of, it's interesting because that's kind of how Patton has always been. He's always been the guy who's been willing to give up some, some yards on the ground as long as he doesn't give up the big play with the passing game. And so it's, it's surprising that they were so dependent on that base defense um, on early downs when they, when it seemed like it was pretty clear, the tempo was coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were focused uh, coming into this game, and you wrote a piece for the blog um, about Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. What do you think about Jalen Ramsey versus Jair Alexander? Who had the better game here?
2: (laughs) Well, Jair was tremendous. Um, I think I saw the stat that there were three targets towards Jair. One was completed, and that was a receiver screen that he blew up for a three-yard loss. Yeah, Like, Jair is unbelievable, whereas we saw Devontae quite literally cook, uh, (laughs) cook Jalen Ramsey off the line of scrimmage. I mean, there was the one slant route that he ran where Ramsey was up in press coverage and Adams didn't even let him get a finger on him. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he just had that amazing stutter right off the line, you know, cooked him on that slant and then picked up, you know, 15 yards. So it, it does. I, I think if this game had been played this way in the regular season, Jair Alexander would have been first team all pro over Jalen Ramsey, just yeah. because of the ability to have seen them play in the same game head to head. Yeah. Um, as it is, you know, certainly getting second team all pro is no, you know, no th- small th- That's no knock on, on Jair for sure. Yeah. But, um, just the, the tackling ability that he has at his size, um, is, is tremendous. And yeah, as, as far as I'm concerned, you can put those guys up there. Um, yeah, you Xavier know, Howard, the Dolphins guy, who who was the other first team all pro, he's he's amazing too. But um yeah, Jair is absolutely one of the the two or three best corners in the game.
1: Yeah, you mentioned I think it was three targets. Um I believe Jalen Ramsey was six targets, six catches, and the and that touchdown. Um, which to me is it's it's Partially a nod to Devontae Adams, um, just incredible skills off the line. But also just going back to the very beginning of our conversation, it was Matt LaFleur and the offensive coaches really, really scheming up. How do how do we get how do we put Devontae Adams in a position to succeed despite Jalen Ramsey, who we know is amazing? And they did it.
2: Yeah. And I think it's, it's a sign that in today's NFL, an elite offense will pretty much always beat an elite defense. Yeah, You know, some of that is the rules and the way it's set up, but just offenses are so good right now that it doesn't matter what you have in terms of the talent and the coaching on defense teams are going to be able to find ways to beat you. And you know, the, the, the Packers were, you know, became one of two teams to score 30 points on the Rams all season long yep. in tonight's game.
1: Yep. So that bodes well, uh, for the Packers going into the NFC championship game, who, when most people are listening to this, uh, we'll know who they're going to play. Although, uh, right now, as you and I record this on Saturday evening, it's about, uh, almost 10 PM Eastern time. We do not know, but, um, I don't know. I'm, it's going to be an
2: old guy at quarterback. We <laughs> know that gonna,
1: it's going to be an old guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I saw some, uh, So some like uh, joking kind of Sports Illustrated cover that was like two like exaggeratedly aged pictures of the two guys, Brady and Bree standing across from each other. And the headline was like, like oldest humans in the history of mankind set to square (laughs) off this game.
2: That was pretty
1: good. Oh man, I don't uh, I don't have any more broad topics. I don't know if any other uh, little things or ticky-tacky things struck you. I did want to bring up, I guess, um, you know, the Packers get the ball back in the second quarter with 30 seconds left, uh, and they they make the I almost said they make the most of it. They get a field goal there, but Rodgers goes goes for the jugular. Uh, two throws um, on that drive, which should have been picks, basically, um, but they were both in the end zone. Um, Rodgers taking risks in in a situation where, honestly, you know, you might as well. And I noticed so many people on Twitter it was like, why is Rodgers throwing that? And I, I tweeted this out. I said, is is Rodgers should take more risks, Twitter, the same as Rodgers was really forcing those two passes, Twitter. And a lot of people <laughs> replied that that Venn diagram is a circle because, of course, uh, there was that contingent on, on Twitter within the last two years. Like, Rodgers would be better if he just took more. If he threw more interceptions, he'd be better. And I I feel like somehow those are the same people who are mad today that he was throwing up those balls.
2: So, yeah, with with Rodgers taking those shots, it, it felt like he was just trying to get some cheap points at the end of the half Totally, um, with 30 seconds left. You know, you don't expect the team to, unless you're Bob McGinn, you don't expect the team to go down and, and score with, <laughs> with that much time.
1: Yes. I haven't used the air horn in a while, but getting a shot in him again, man, it happens in but, the league every week. Yuck, yuck, yuck.
2: Yeah. Right. But, um, I mean, I, I was of the opinion, you know, he, you've got to throw those balls quickly because there's not much time left when, when he was throwing those. And, and I understand taking the shot. Um, But yeah, at the same time, you get a field goal there and you're up by two possessions and then you still have the opening kickoff of the third quarter to, to hopefully go down and score, which they ended up doing. So I would have, I still would have probably liked to, I understand the, the willingness to take those risks, but at the same time, I think that's one where you kind of probably play for the field goal um, in that inst- instance, knowing that that can put you up by two scores.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I would say the one other, you know, th- there's two other things that um, jump out to me. One was I think we need to remember MVS's play on third down in the fourth quarter. Yes, because he turned it. He turned in a. a, a a, a really a rough throw from Rogers on yep. about a third and three on a screen to the sideline. And he was somehow managed to get about five yards on that and pick up a first down. And maybe two or three plays later, that turns into the the big touchdown that goes to Alan Lazard. So I, I don't I think we we really need to give M V S some credit for for his uh tremendous play um on that one to to really to move the chains and um and get that moving. And again, like I I just I keep I keep saying it, but it it feels like forever since we've had an NFC championship game in Green Bay. Yep. And you know, it it's literally been since before Aaron Rodgers was our starting quarterback. The game before Aaron Rodgers took over as our starting quarterback to be exact. So, um I think, you know, legacy is clearly important to him. Um I'm rooting for this. I'm rooting for Aaron, but honestly, like this team has been so much fun to watch come together this year. Um, the the camaraderie that they share, the whole the whole gold zone thing, you know, Yeet becoming a a a thing over the last year (laughs) and a half. Um, just the the joy that these guys seem to share on the field. Robert, I mean, Big Bob talked about it in his piece in the players' tribune this week, and I think that was, you know, a, a beautiful piece to kind of illustrate um just how this team has come together and you know coalesced into this this unit that really cares about one another and i i'm i'm making it my mission you know over the next week and hopefully over the next three weeks to to not worry about what happens in the off season not worry about if the packers are going to resign guys like aaron jones and Corey lindsley and just enjoy the rest of this ride because yeah it's been a, it's been a tremendously fun season to watch and to have fans back at Lambeau. I think that was also a big deal. Um, Rogers kind of alluded to it in his post-game interview uh, on Fox. And so um, more than anything, th- this has been one of my favorite Packers teams to watch uh, just because of, of the way they play and and the way that they, you know, have really come together this season.
1: Yeah. Just a joy. And a pleasure to watch and, and really special. And I hope everybody cherishes it. I know that the way that you were talking, it seems like we were winding down. I wanted to make one more uh, one more shout out. You mentioned uh, Big Bob and I had to give him a shout out for a workman like game here with a couple big plays yep. uh, four receptions for, for 60 yards. And I just wanted I wanted to bring him up because I wanted to make the point slash ask the question to to the ether. <clears throat> has there ever been a player who is more allergic to the idea of going out of bounds? He's just like, he's <laughs> no, I'm taking the contact no matter, no matter what. And he always gets like six more yards out of the play and then he comes up screaming like the ultimate warrior. I just love it. It gets me so pumped up.
2: Even the one in that two minute drill at the end of the first half where he, it was that nice deep crosser. I think he picked up about 30 or 35 yards or so. But you could see that it it hurt it hurt him to go out of bounds, knowing yeah. that they needed to to save the clock and save the time out. So yeah, he's he, he's great. I, I love it. It's great. It's it's tremendous.
1: Well, Tex, I I I'm gonna raise a glass, although I I just finished it. So well, I got a little sip left. So in did I. Here.
2: Yeah, well, here you go. i will just uh I'll take
1: here the go. last little the last little mouthful. Um, really, really great. Really, really great. Uh, special game 32 to 18 the packers over the rams and as uh, soon we will find out who they play in the nfc championship game in green King bay wisconsin um i'm pumped up man i don't have anything else to say i'm about to hit the polka uh unless uh unless you have anything else to add
2: <laughs> uh kenny clark really good rashawn gary really good today um you know, pass rush was there when it needed to be in the fourth quarter. So um again, those those guys stepped up big late. And um yeah, we'll hopefully we'll do this again in a good mood in
1: eight days. Damn straight, my friend. Um I said hit the poker, although we don't play the polka on this particular show. But yeah, <laughs> gotta give props to to Gary as well, someone who we trashed for a while, um, but who has had a great season. Um Tex, this has been fun, man. I'm gonna hit the uh the outro music officially thank you for joining me and um, God I'm just I don't know what else to say I'm just excited feels good it feels good